0: Life at work.
1: Singapore is one of the top destinations for employees in Asia Pacific and other regions to relocate to in their next career move or in the future. That's according to a Global Talent Trends survey for 2024 conducted by the Association of Chartered Certified Accountants, or ACCA. In the Asia Pacific region, 7% of respondents said they're keen to move here. For the next career move, well, 4% envisioned Singapore as the place they would move to in the future. Beyond the region, workers from North America, mainland China and India also revealed Singapore as a top choice for their next professional venture. Joining me to unpack those findings in that ACCA survey is Daniel Leung, Country Manager of ACCA Singapore. Welcome, Daniel.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really delighted to be on the show with you, Lindy.
1: Pleasure to have you on Life at work. First off, clearly, at least according to your survey, Singapore has managed to secure its position as one of the top destinations for professionals, finance professionals across the Asia Pacific and beyond. What can you tell us about this interesting finding?
0: Absolutely. So I think I can quote from a personal example. I've worked overseas for over 70 years, but I'm still attracted to come mm. back to Singapore to work as an ACCA member. I've also been seeing the similar trends across. So APEC and Singapore in particular still attracts a lot of our accountants. And I can tell you more as we speak along, along the survey of how Singapore is still a business hub that attracts finance professionals from across the region and globally.
1: Okay, before you tell us more, for the benefit of our listeners who might not have read about the survey, could you very quickly give us a sense of the profile of the people who took part in the survey?
0: Absolutely. I think the survey demographics is really, really from very diverse backgrounds. So we have 10,000 finance professionals from 157 countries. We have an equal split between the gender we have several sectors responding to this from public sector, big accounting firms, not for profit, and also self employed. We also are also diversing uh, work patterns as well from fully office based to hybrid working. And of course, we have the different generations answering from Gen Z, Gen Y, to Gen X and baby boomers as well.
1: Okay, I want to delve a little bit deeper into the finding that we talked about earlier in the interview. Why is Singapore one of the top destinations for professionals across the Asia-Pacific and beyond? Do you think it could be to do with higher salaries employers provide here?
0: Well, I guess in Singapore, salaries are definitely a lot att- more attractive and in certain countries, we have quite a strong economy, uh, political stability, and it's also demonstrated by a lot of government incentives and initiatives to get the regional headquarters of many firms, both financial services, consulting firms, all the way to across pharmaceutical and also public sector organisations, placing the headquarters in Singapore and making Singapore a regional headquarters for many of these organisations. So this in turn attracts certain um, senior professionals and after that you of course have the workforce to be able to support that as well. So in terms of accountancy we are seeing the regional headquarters of big accounting firms placing the headquarters in Singapore, providing the services across the Southeast Asia region. And that requires a lot of uh, qualified finance professionals to work in Singapore. That's where you see the growing trend of talent in Singapore being attracted to work here.
1: What about professionals in Singapore? What do we know about their preferences when it comes to the choice of relocation destination to pursue professional advancement?
0: So at ACCA, we are a global professional accounting body we have about 247,000 qualified accountants with the ACCA qualification in 181 countries. So you can see the global passport of our qualification. And of course, um, Singapore, we have about 8,000 members who are qualified, and most of them are very open to moving overseas as well. So in answer to your question, we do see a growing trend of people being able and being more mobile and more willing to move overseas to pursue those opportunities. And of course, with government initiatives where they say that go overseas, work for a few years, get the experience, and come back and help Singapore to develop that. Again, we've also seen that the Southeast Asian countries, for example, like Vietnam, Cambodia, Indonesia, which are some of the more popular destinations, their economies are slightly bigger, and we've seen a lot of our finance professionals uh, pursuing roles there as well, and coming back to take on senior roles in Singapore. And one thing I want to quote is that at Singapore, we have this initiative called the Singapore Global Leaders Network, and in that, we are developing global leaders in Singaporean global leaders to take on senior roles as well. And I've met a lot of them, and very inspired by their global outlook and the kind of experience they have bringing back to Singapore when they work. So, Lindy, I think uh, we are encouraged to go overseas get the experience, but do come back and help to build Singapore.
1: Okay, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because recently there was also a Straits Times article saying that Gen Zers do not just want to study overseas, but they also want to work and live abroad. Perhaps they are not you know, in the finance sector.
0: I would give a personal example. So I started in the UK, pursued a professional qualification, which was ACC in the UK. And I continued working there. I thought it would be three to five years. I ended up being seventeen mm. years in the UK. Wow. Okay. But the Singapore government, especially EDB, has a organization or a office called the Singapore Global Network. and I really admire and appreciate what they do in engaging overseas Singaporeans through talks, through minister visits in order to keep us abreast and warm relations with our home country. So I must say that I was attracted by that. I came back to Singapore in 2020 as well as one of those Gen Z at the time to contribute to
1: my country. I'm going to put you on the spot. What drew you back to Singapore?
0: So I think the first thing was education. I think Singapore has a world-class education system. That was something that I really want to come back to do for my family. Mm. It is also something that you may not experience overseas as much as I've I've been brought up in the Singapore education system. So I really appreciate that. I think the second bit is also Singapore, although it's um, a really small country, we punch above our weight. We are a financial hub, just like New York or London. Mm. And the diverse diversity of Singapore is something that I'm really passionate about. So as I always say, that you can live in a flat and celebrate four different festivals in the same year with different people from different races. So that um, racial harmony a bit is also very important to me as well.
1: That's really great to hear, Daniel, especially when you see the number of Singaporeans who are studying overseas currently. I think in the British universities alone, there are close to 7,000 of our students enrolled there. And it doesn't help that from time to time we hear in the news talking about Gen Z preferring to work and live overseas, whether it's for higher salaries or just to immerse themselves in a completely different culture. So really wonderful to hear this from you, someone who has experienced life working overseas and came back to Singapore to contribute here with your acquired skills and experience.
0: It is, and I completely agree. And I think we have a lot of uh, student societies. I was, many years ago, uh, Vice President of the Singaporean Society at Mm -hmm. the University of Nottingham. And I must give kudos to the Singapore government and especially Singapore Global Network for their strong support in engaging these overseas Singaporeans, professionals and students.
1: Okay, I can see that within the Asia-Pacific region, dissatisfaction with current pay levels was quite evident with almost half of the surveyed workers expressing discontent. An ambitious 60% also showed their intention to ask for a pay raise in the coming 12 months. Can you speak to that?
0: Absolutely. So as you have mentioned, uh, rightly, about 55% feel they're not adequately compensated for their current role. The interesting bit about it is on the demographics. So no surprises here. The younger generation feel more strongly than the older generation when it comes to uh, being adequately compensated for their current role. So coming to the region, in APAC, we can see about 47% feel that they're not paid enough. But in Africa, it's a whopping 72%. Wow. So another trend that we have seen is that baby boomers, which we call those over 58, mm-hmm. are less reluctant to ask the employers, the current employers, for a higher pay rise or less reluctant to be able to move jobs in order to pursue a higher salary? But it's a different story, as you can appreciate, Lindley, when it comes to the younger generation. No issues about asking for a higher pay rise, no issues about work mobility, and no issues about going to a new job as well.
1: In terms of talent retention, is it something employers should take seriously because nearly half of the respondents also believe that leaving the current jobs was the most effective strategy to enhance their salaries.
0: It is. So I think there's a few factors here other than the obvious one which is pay rises and being adequately compensated for your current role. We've also seen a majority of people that are still office-based, fully office-based in terms of working patterns. So not a lot of firms are practising the uh, hybrid work of working. So it's no surprises when we look at the main reason for people coming back to work is because it's mandated by the employer again looking at the demographics when we dissect it and uh, compare across generation you can see that the gen Z the mm-hmm. under 26, are only in the office because the employers mandate that. But when you move towards the baby boomers who are over 58, the main reason for going back to the office is digital connectivity or the lack of office space. So it's quite interesting where the data also varies across sectors. So you can see that the smaller firms require their... The employees to be in the office more, but just regional headquarters, which is a lot more flexible, potentially because they are more staff as well.
1: You mentioned earlier before we went to air that diversity and inclusion is a big factor in the Asia Pacific as well. What can you tell us about that?
0: So DEI, which is diversity, um, equality, and inclusion, is very close to my heart. I volunteer on the British Chamber of Commerce in Singapore on the DNI committee. And we've seen a lot of trends in that. So the survey by ACCA also reflects that. So almost 73% um, of our global survey um, agree that organisation with a strong DNI culture will be a key factor to working there. This is more important to the younger generation where you have a whopping 78% versus the older generation where it's only 60% as one of the factors to work there. So again, by region, interestingly, in APEC and Middle East, it's a lot more important to them that DNI reflects their values when thinking about where to work versus Europe where it's only sixty percent.
1: Daniel, in recent months AI has dominated the headlines. How does this actually impact employees looking at jobs?
0: Absolutely, Lindy. Not a day goes by without talking about AI and technology. So going back to our survey again, about thirty seven percent of the respondents are overwhelmed by the role of technology impacting their jobs. A whopping 85% want their employers to give them more training. So about two thirds believe that technology will enable finance professionals to add more value to the future. And of course, you cannot escape the job fears as well, Where over half of our survey respondents believe their concerns about the impact of AI on their job. And it's really interesting results as the younger generation actually feel more overwhelmed by the role of technology impacting their jobs And the older generation Hmm. but the younger generation almost 90 percent will feel very comfortable asking for more training from the employers then the older generation might be slightly more reluctant so by region in APEC we feel more overwhelmed by the role of technology than in the UK but in APEC we're a lot more confident and more comfortable asking our employers for more training versus in the UK where they're less reluctant to do so.
1: Thank you so much, Daniel, for sharing so much insights into this Global Talent Trends Survey for 2024 by ACCA. Thank you. Thank you, Lin. Daniel Leong, Country Manager of ACCA Singapore.
0: Life at Work.